the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now we've seen envy come up a lot in the book of Genesis. It's part of human nature. It's part of the sin nature to become envious of people who have success or favor uh, or prosperity. Those who don't quite often envy them. And remember, envy is different from jealousy. Jealousy is when uh, I wish that I had what someone else had. Envy is when I wish I had what they had, and because I don't have it, I don't want them to have it either. In today's message, Pastor Dan will share with you about envy and how it can creep into our lives nearly undetected. The important thing to note about envy is that envy is not the same as jealousy. Jealousy says, wow, I wish I had what they have, while envy says, I want what they have and I don't want them to have it because I can't have it. These types of feelings can be extremely dangerous to ourselves and others. When you begin to feel envy work its way into your heart, pray for gratitude. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 37 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old, 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. And so right here we begin to see the origin of the hatred of Joseph's brothers for Joseph. We're told that Joseph was 17 years old He was caring for his father's flocks with some of his half-brothers, the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. They had the same father, Jacob, but different different mothers. Now, in case you don't remember, the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah were Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. I didn't remember either. I had to look it up. So he's out there watching over the father's flocks with his half-brothers out there, in the field, and then at the end of verse 2, we're told that Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. I don't believe Joseph was tattling on his brothers. I don't think it's telling us that Joseph was just a big tattletale. I don't think Joseph went crying to his dad, Dad, my brothers were mean to me. You know, my, my brothers wouldn't share their food with me. It's not saying he's a tattletale. As Joseph's story unfolds, we see in his later actions that that Joseph had great integrity, that that Joseph had character, that he was trustworthy, that he was moral, even even as a teenager, even at a very young age. And, And it seems, as we go through the passage, it seems that Joseph was given a position of authority or oversight 
by his, his father. His dad put him in charge. And so Joseph now, he comes back to his father and he gives his father a, a report. And it's a bad report. Dad, my, my brothers weren't really keeping an eye on the flock like they, they should be. They were, you know, they were looking at their phones the whole time when they should have been watching the flock. And so Joseph's integrity, I think, contributed to his, brother, their, his brother's hatred uh, for him. If, you know, if you're a person of integrity, sometimes people that lack integrity despise you for your integrity. They don't, you, know, you maybe have experienced that in the workplace, you know, where people that aren't, aren't really doing what they're supposed to do, they don't like that you do do what you're supposed to do. So now verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Jacob loved Joseph more than his other sons. And this was abundantly clear to everyone. And this no doubt created a a very you know, unhealthy family dynamic between Joseph and his brothers. This fueled the animosity that his brothers felt towards Joseph. We're also told that Jacob gave Joseph a coat of many colors. Now this, again, the text is not telling us that just to say that Joseph had a really cool coat, right? There's a reason here that we're told this. The the coat of many colors, or or more literally, it's, it's a long coat, with sleeves, it means that Joseph was given a position of authority over his brothers. Even today, uh, you go into some businesses, you go into some stores, uh, the manager has a different outfit on than some of the, the, you know, the regular line employees. You know, he's, the manager has a different uniform, or the manager is wearing a suit so that you know he or she is the manager. They're identified by different clothing. Uh, Joseph was given this coat by his father because he's been put in charge over his brothers. Some scholars uh, believe the coat indicates that Jacob had given Joseph the birthright. And that Jacob's intention was for Joseph to uh, become the future leader of the family and have the birthright. That's a possibility. Now remember, Joseph is the 11th son of 12 sons. He's, he's next to last in the birth order. He's way down the line as far as birthright goes. But Joseph has been bumped to the front of the line in the family. And he's been put in charge by dad. Because dad loves him the most. Because he's, he's trustworthy. Plus, Joseph is the firstborn son of Rachel, the wife that Jacob loved and wanted to marry. And we're told in verse 4 again that when the brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more, they hated him. And they could not speak peaceably to him. They couldn't bring themselves to say a kind word to their brother Joseph. You know, and sadly, this happens in families where there's so much envy and jealousy between the siblings that the siblings can't even speak to each other without things just blowing up. And so often family members don't even speak to each other because of that. 
So he's hated by his brothers. They can't even speak peaceably to him. Verse 5, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And so he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. You know, maybe they're out in the field watching the flocks and Joseph says, let me tell you about this dream I had last night. Never going to believe it. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves, guess what they did? They stood all around and they bowed down to my sheaf. What do you guys think about that dream? (laughs) And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. Again, back out in the field one day, watching the flocks. Hey, you're never going to guess. I I had another dream. Let me tell you about this other dream I had. (laughs) You know, he's a teenager. I think this is just kind of the ignorance of youth here. Of just, you know, you know, Joseph. Maybe you shouldn't share these dreams uh, with your brother. It's not such a hot idea. So he says, "Look, I've dreamed another dream, and this time, in this dream, the sun." The moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. What do you think about that? So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. So now their hatred has turned to envy. But his father kept the matter in mind. So Joseph had two dreams. These two dreams were from the Lord. These two dreams were, were, were prophetic dreams, meaning they described what would happen in the future. And in the future, his brothers will bow down to him. That will happen. That This will be fulfilled. Um, But again, considering that his brothers already hate his guts, Joseph probably should have kept these dreams to himself. Uh, Sharing these dreams with his brothers and an already strained relationship didn't do anything to help that relationship that he has with his his brothers. You know, the Lord still communicates through dreams, uh, but sometimes it's just better to keep the dreams to yourself. You know, not share them with other people. But I want you to notice here that Joseph's brothers... And his father understood the meaning or the interpretation of the dream. The first dream depicts Joseph's brothers bowing down to him. The second dream depicts his brothers and his parents bowing down to him. And the interpretation is clear to Joseph's family. They know exactly what the dream implies. Notice also their response to these dreams. There... Their response is very interesting. Joseph's brothers and his father don't just dismiss the dreams or kind of, you know, laugh them off as just Joseph's silly imagination. You you know how you do if somebody tells you a dream and you say, well, well, that's weird or that's crazy or that's, that's funny that you would dream that 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 would 
whatever happens. You just kind of dismiss it. You just kind of laugh it off. You don't take it seriously. You're not concerned that that dream that that person dreamt will actually be fulfilled one day. You're not offended by the dream. Well, look how Joseph's family reacted to his dreams. His family did take these dreams seriously. In verse 8, his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So there seems to be here that the brothers maybe understand that this is a, a dream from the Lord or a prophetic dream in some way, and they're concerned. that the, So you're, you're going to rule over us? That's what you're telling us through this dream? That there's some legitimacy to this, this dream? We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment, but first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The response of the brothers to Joseph reminds me of the response of the religious leaders to Jesus. Right? The religious leaders didn't want Jesus ruling over them. Joseph, in many ways, foreshadows Jesus. Joseph was despised and rejected by his brethren. And then later, they receive him as Savior. Jesus was despised and rejected by his brethren, the Jewish people, the first time. Later, when Jesus comes the second time, they will receive him as their Lord and Messiah and and Savior. In verse 10, we have the response of Jacob to Joseph's dream. In verse 10, Jacob rebuked Joseph. And said, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? Again, Jacob doesn't just simply dismiss the dream as silly. He rebukes Joseph for this dream. And we're told that Joseph's brothers envied him. Now we've seen envy come up a lot in the book of Genesis. It's part of human nature. It's part of the sin nature to become envious of people who have success or favor uh, or prosperity, those who don't quite often envy them. And remember, envy is different from jealousy. Jealousy is when uh, I wish that I had what someone else had. Envy is when I wish I had what they had, and because I don't have it, I don't want them to have it either. And so I'm going to take it from them, or I want to destroy them, so that they can enjoy that thing that they have. That's envy. Envy is destructive. And we've, we've seen that in the book of, of Genesis so far. Envy always leads to destruction. It always leads to something bad. In the New Testament book of James, James tells us uh, that our sin is born out of our own desires. That sin actually begins in the heart first, and it's allowed to kind of fester in the heart. Joseph's brothers 
are filled at this point with hatred and envy. That's where it begins. It's in the heart right now. And when they have the opportunity out in the field with the flocks away from dad, they will act on those feelings that are festering in their heart. They're going to act on their envy and their hatred of their brothers. Now that is why, listen, that's why it's important for us to be quick to repent of those feelings in our heart. Those sinful desires in our heart. To be quick to confess them. And get them under the blood of Jesus. And get them in the light. And repent of them. So that they do not have the opportunity to conceive sin in our lives. So now the stage is set for what happens to Joseph in verse 12. Then his brothers went to feed the father's flock in Shechem. Jacob and his sons were living in Hebron at this time. The brothers take the flocks north to Shechem, which is about a three or four day walk from Hebron to Shechem. Uh, They go there, verse 13, and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. So he makes the three or four day journey up to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? What are you looking for? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their, their flocks. You know, they didn't have cell phones back then. Uh, Joseph couldn't just text his brothers, where are you guys? So he has to actually physically go look for them. He thinks they're in Shechem. He gets to Shechem. They're not in Shechem. He's wandering around looking for them. This guy sees him and says, hey, what are you looking for? Maybe this guy's also a shepherd out there. Hey, I'm, looking, I'm looking for my brothers. Do you have any idea where they went? He tells them in verse 17, the man said, well, they have departed from here. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And so Joseph went after his brothers and he found them and Dothan. Now Dothan is kind of northwest of Shechem. It's about another day's journey on foot. And Dothan sits in a place called the Jezreel Valley. And the Jezreel Valley is this huge valley that goes like across the land, across the land of Canaan. And it is the major trade route for people traveling from the east that want to get to the Mediterranean coast, they have to pass through the Jezreel Valley to get over to the coast and to get down the coast to Egypt. So any trade that is taking place coming from the east is going to pass through this Jezreel Valley, pass by the city of Dothan. So there are caravans of traders continually passing through this valley and passing by the city of Dothan. Uh, if you've been to Israel with us, when we go to Israel, we go, one of the places we go is, is Megiddo. And when we're in Megiddo, it overlooks the, the Jezreel Valley. And you can see the ruins of the city of Dothan. It's called a tell. The tell of Dothan is there. And I usually point it out to our group, uh, the city of Dothan there and the Jezreel Valley. So, so they're in Dothan now, in the Jezreel Valley. Verse 18 says, Now when the brothers saw Joseph afar off, 
even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. That's what they call him, the dreamer. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. It's a cistern where they hold water. And we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dream. So his brothers conspire to kill him. Again, just like the religious leaders conspired to kill Jesus. And notice they say, we shall see what will become of his dreams. The brothers want to kill Joseph because of this dream that he's had. To prevent him from becoming ruler over them. They know the dream's legitimate. They know the dream is from the Lord. That it's prophetic. And they don't want Joseph ruling over them. So they want to kill him to prevent him from becoming ruler over them. Again, just like the religious leaders killed Jesus so that he would not be ruler over them. And so, now at this point, the the oldest brother, Reuben, he kind of steps in and he attempts to rescue Joseph from his brothers. Verse 21, but Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Don't kill your brother. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, this cistern, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. And really, Reuben's plan was to deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his his father. So it came to pass. When Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic of many colors that was on him. And they took him and they cast him into a cistern. And the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. It was a dry uh, cistern. By the way, uh, in Dothan, there, there was an ancient cistern that shepherds would use. Um, but a few years ago, they built a shopping mall over it. Uh, so there's a strip mall there, and so you can't see the cistern uh, anymore. It's it's under the it's under the mall. Um, you can see pictures of it though online. <laughs> so they they cast him into this pit, into this cistern, and then they sat down to eat a meal. And they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels. So here are some uh, traders coming from the east, from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. Again, remember, they're on that that trade route that heads over to the coast and down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brother, that's that's important, it's Judah, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him For he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers, listen. And so here Judas says, we shouldn't kill him because he's our brother. Instead, we'll sell him. That's much better. You know, you don't kill your brother, you sell your brother, I guess, kind of thing. And so they're going to sell him into slavery. And by the way, uh, kidnapping someone and selling them into slavery was later prohibited by the law of of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 7 uh, says that kidnapping someone and selling them into slavery was, was punishable by death. 
According to the law of Moses, it received the same punishment as murder. So it was forbidden. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.